Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. We're back two consecutive weeks. How about that, Camille? I'm very excited. I don't know when we're back on again after this, but who knows? April 21st. April. We have to take a... I'm not going to say I'm going to complain about the fact that I get to take a little time off, but I mean, the White Sox better tear it up because uh, you're going to be missing out on some great shows. Uh, one of the things I want to clear up before we get into the actual show here, um, so this is kind of stupid and petty, but I'm going for it anyway. Uh, our friends at 8-Bit Studios created this app called Tekagachi. If you go to the App Store, you can download Tekagachi, and it's basically like all the different you know, well-known tech people in Chicago, myself included in this, uh, and you can open it up if you've ever played a game like this. Essentially, you crack the egg, and then you can help get me help me raise money uh, by feeding me coffee and contacts. And I was off to a raging, raging lead. Today is the last day. I was up like a few million bucks. Uh, Sean Rigsecker, who is the founder of Centro in Chicago, he must have, I, I don't know what he did, but I think he, he must have got like a farm of coders overseas or something because he ranked, he raked up $5 million last night to today to take the lead on me. That's 500 questions asked. There's no way that this dude had time for this. So my ask of anyone out there is if you want to help me out here, I want to win. We want to win at WGN. Go, uh, download Tekagachi. I think it's, uh, well, you have to look it up. It's T-E-C-H-O-G-C-H-I or something like that. Uh, download it. It's very easy to play the game. You'll find the Skakatoon egg. You hatch that puppy and start feeding me coffee and contacts because I want to take Sean Ringsecker down so bad. I cannot believe he waited to the last day sandbagging on me. Uh, so that's my ask for all of you out there. If you're bored on this Saturday, uh, I think it's a, it'll be a good day for you. Anyway. Uh, on to the actual show, uh, story and show here. We've got Bill Himmelstein uh, from TAG. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, of course, anytime. So before we get into the fun in this show, and I, as I, you know, people who listen know, uh, we will have a startup showcase in the back half of the show. Boone, who was supposed to be here last uh, last Saturday, had to cancel last minute. Boone VR founder Redima will be on uh, this segment at one thirty or one thirty-five thereabout. She'll have a couple minutes to pitch Boone VR. Everyone out there can go ahead and invest in the companies, uh, invest in this company. Bill and I personally are going to sit here and determine whether or not we want to put our own personal money in this company. Uh, Bill, I know you know you're in real estate, so you got to be rolling rolling pretty deep, right? <laughs> you know, I don't have any complaints, but you know, you win some, you lose some. That's for sure. Uh, yes, but you were winning a lot, as the Kansas Jayhawks T-shirt would indicate. They are on the line. Uh, do they play today, right? Or, is it, or is yeah, Rock Chalk Jayhawks, seven o'clock um, Eastern, so eight o'clock Central Time against Villanova. But Villanova's the big guys. They so. are. We'll see. We're the underdog. Nova it could be streaky, as everyone knows. Like the, when it's a guard play type of thing, it can be streaky. I have Kansas winning the entire thing, so well, you're a smart man. <laughs> That's my only hope, because uh, everything else is a disaster. As I'm sure your brackets are similar. I have the entire entire left side of my bracket is is dead, and it has been since like the second second day of games. Yeah, you know, all I can say is uh, my family. We're all rock chalk. Jayhawk fans die hard, and we're we're just super excited. We're thrilled they've made it this far. And but Villanova is going to be a tough out. They got two uh, national player of the year finalists. Yep, is that so, Br- Brunson? Is uh, Brunson right? Isn't this? Yeah, yeah. he he's like one of those guys. I don't know if you remember back in the day. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, he was on Minnesota. He played for Sacramento for a long time. Bobby. Uh, Bobby. Ja- uh, no, yeah, so, Bobby Jackson. I think his name was. I'm forgetting. Like he was like 50. 
He looked like he was 50 when he was a freshman in college. This Brunson guy plays like old man skills. He reminds me of Frank, uh, whatever his name was from U of I as well, like Frank Williams. Right. Another dude who like, in the throwback machine. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 90s hoops guy, I guess. But like these dudes, he, he, he plays old man skills, which makes you think there's a good chance that they can win because he plays smart. Um, but Kansas yeah. is just loaded, I think. I think you guys are loaded. There's a lot of guys on KU that can step up, and you know, you only need a couple of guys to really have a great game. My biggest fear is Azubuki, the big, tall yeah, center guy. He's been out of it mentally. Yeah, he, he just doesn't have the footwork to stay out of foul trouble. No. Nope. Uh, the air ball free throws and the missed dunks are not helping either, <laughs> uh, but Malik's dropping threes from all over the court, so you know, we'll go it. for it. So we'll see what happens. Well, this uh, tech show that just turned into a sports show because two people who are sitting here talking about sports because that's all we actually care about. <laughs> like, like my my day job just is like a way to fund my fund my business, uh, fund my sports life. Uh, we are going to take a break in a minute here and come back and talk a little bit more about you and the business and sort of what you do and, and that sort of stuff. But as a teaser, you've got about 45 seconds. What is something that people should look like to stick around and look forward to when it comes to learning about real estate? You know, just as someone that's been in the real estate industry for 18 years and really tried to do it the right way, um, I've certainly made a ton of mistakes and there's a lot of value in learning from your mistakes. I think that's certainly something that uh, I can share as well as, you know, honing a a terrific way to network and be real strategic about it. That's been able to fuel the growth of my business is really uh, strategic and and giving-based networking. I I agree. I think what we're going to hit on when we come back after this break is the fact that uh, you've created a, a, a unique way, I think, of building a real estate business that does a lot more than just real estate. And in fact, it actually kind of lends itself into the culture part of business and real estate. So uh, we have got to look forward to. If you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Technori. Follow me, DM me at Katoon. You're listening to WGN Radio AM 720. Showcase joining me, Bill Himmelstein of TAG. Uh, I guess I keep saying TAG. You should probably introduce it you know, properly. What, what, what exactly is TAG? Yeah, so Tenant Advisory Group is a full-service commercial real estate firm that specializes in representing tenants and buyers of commercial real estate. And that means for those who are not on the real estate market, what is that? What's so the gist? We're like the residential broker for businesses. We help businesses find homes, whether they're going to lease or purchase. What we don't do is work with landlords or represent buildings or developers. We're just on the tenant representative side as well as uh, we will do buy and sell side yeah. of, of, of commercial. Which I think is a, is, a, is a person who spent some time in real estate is a unique uh, spot, particularly for, and I think this is a place that they kind of look out for if you're looking for space. When you are working with the, and I'm not crapping on brokers and, and people. I'm, I'm, no, it's okay. I'm, we, we okay, I will. I will a little bit. No, no, just, <laughs> no. But in all reality, when you when and have as a person who represented, I was the the building landlord. So when I was finding space, I was finding potential tenants, and I was telling them everything that was so wonderful, because I had a rooting interest in where they got placed. For you representing the tenants, your rooting interest is the tenants. Hundred percent. That's the that's the differentiator compared to the most people who are just like go oh, go find the broker for whether it's JLL or whoever who's a sponsor, which is all good and well. They have to fill space or they don't have a job. Like they have money sunk into land that they've acquired or they're building or they're partnered or whatever developing. They have to find a person for it, whether it fits or not. You are out there making sure that the people who get fit get fit for something that they want and that works for them, which is a huge differentiator in like right. where you sit on the, on the wall. Absolutely. You know, and there's, there's really co- good quality firms out there. The, the biggest firms in the world, CB Richard Ellis, Jones, Lang LaSalle. The big difference is, is they represent most of the buildings downtown. So as a business owner, if you're working with one of their tenant advisors and they're showing you half the buildings that 
they represent. Uh, on the other side, on the landlord side, really, they make a lot more money on the landlord side. So you got to wonder if you're the tenant, who's best interest does your broker really have at yeah. heart and so that's one of our differentiators that tenant advisory group is that we're only doing tenant and buy side representation um you know one of the big things that i think separates us is um that we are really a a pay it forward model business when i meet business owners and i meet approximately 10 to 12 every week um my conversation is not about, hey, let me tell you what tenant advisory group can do for you, or let me understand about your lease and your uh, how much are you paying in rent and how much square footage do you have. I don't even talk real estate ever, Yeah, ever. You know, if someone wants to talk about it with me, you bet. I'll most likely have the right answers, and if I don't, I'll go get them. But um, what I talk about is, tell me about your business. What are your uh, key struggles right now. There are some people in my network that might be able to help you solve problems in your business. And most importantly, what can I do to help you grow your business? Because yeah. as you know, you're a business owner. We're As business owners, we're always thinking about our next client, growing revenue. How can we grow and, and make more money? And if you're a guy sitting across the table from one of those business owners and you say to them, what can I do to help you grow your business? You're in a whole different ballgame. It's, yeah. it's a different conversation because now... You're a partner, not a vendor. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. My philosophy is a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. And if I can support others in the growth of their business, there's a terrific chance they're going to help me do the same. Well, you know, it's funny, and it's it's totally irrelative, but also very relative uh, to the content game that we are in. We bring value to a ton of companies. We've had, you know, 300 companies. We've helped them raise almost a half a billion dollars in venture capital and and employ now 3,500 people and blah, 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 25 plus exits and et cetera. That's really Um, cool. And it's great, but we've, we didn't go up to people and be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make an intro. I'm going to get commission. I take a referral. We've taken no money on that. Our deal is we create content that you're a part of. You come on the show. Bill is sitting right now on the show telling all of you out there listening how to how to prospect for good space and who to go to to do it. And I, I bring Bill to you. And in return, what I ask of you out there in the audience is that you try out some of the people that we bring on the show. And by doing that, I rise them up. And next thing you know, investors who are listening to the show go, wow, what a great idea. And they go contact me and I put them in contact with you and then they invest money. And 100%. so you know what we do is very similar to what you're doing. You're saying, listen, you need space. You want space. Great. I, I have access to a lot of space. I can help you. Um, but let's not just meet at a random location. Let's all get together. Let's have a nice dinner. Oh, let's go on the cruise, which I've yet to go on, even though you invite me every time. I apologize. Uh, I look <laughs> May 31st, May 31st. Uh, so like, you know, you, let's get a bunch of business together and create value. And at the end of the day, you know, yeah, if I create enough value for you outside, you're going to use, you're going to use you as a, as a, as your, as your vendor. You're absolutely right. You You bring tons of value. A great way to put it in perspective, typical broker maybe does five to seven transactions in a year. A good one might do 10. Uh, I've got 45 active clients right now. Not one of them did I ask them for their business. Yeah. But like you said, you know, what I do a lot of is, is bringing business owners together. I host a monthly executives breakfast, a monthly executives luncheon. Uh, I'll, I'll host events on a boat every now and again or a nice venue like Joe's Steak and Seafood for the sole purpose of bringing business owners together for them to do business together. Yeah. There's no pitch about tenant advisory group. There's no sit down for 45 minutes and let me tell you what I can do for you. It's, it's purely I want you all to meet each other so you can gain new clients 
uh, meet people who can help you solve problems in your business, therefore run a better, more successful business, which at the end of the day means you're going to need more space. Uh, and, you know, the funny thing is not to not to crack the secret sauce and the egg here, but the reality is if I and we're the same way. If I have companies, we have numerous companies come on the show as a guest and become a sponsor of an event or whatever. If they come on and I create value for them, call it a $2,500 ad, do they care about spending 25 or three grand back on me later? No. So you're creating so much value for these companies. It's like, if I was even considering doing this on my own, forget about the value you bring as an actual like business that tag already brings value. Like you're going to, you're going to make the search a lot easier for me, right. yada, yada. If I closed a deal on the boat that was worth 10 grand or whatever it was, I don't have any problem in the world cutting a check for 10 grand back to you for my space. Well, like, and that's just, the beautiful thing is that working with a tenant rep broker doesn't technically cost the client, the tenant, any money. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a brokerage commission. Just like if you're selling a home, you're going to pay a 6% fee whether the buyer has a broker or not. If yeah. they don't, that 6% fee just goes entirely to the seller's broker. Just like in commercial real estate, there's a fee that's going to be paid by the landlord. Now, granted, it's in the tenant's rental rate, but if they don't use a broker, that same fee is still going to be paid. Yeah, it's to just the all going to one broker. person. Yeah, exactly. It's going to the person that's representing the landlord. And, and if we can sure squeeze the landlord, deal. we will do that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's ever a chance, and I do derive quite joy. Uh, you know, I, I like to say that I specialize in the involuntary redistribution of wealth from the landlord to the tenant. In other words, I rob it's like the medieval times. To give to the tenant. We're That's breaking we the manor. The, <laughs> the manor system is no more. Where you're out. And as a person who re- repped a landlord, I got to tell you, I appreciate it. <laughs> like, I mean, like I would have been pissed if I was the guy at the time, but now it's like, I, I appreciate it. So very interesting. Uh, there's, a, there's another part that we want to talk about briefly. We've got about a minute left uh, before we go to the, to our break. And we will touch on this a little bit more throughout the back half of the show with the showcase stuff. But um, you know, beyond just fit, there's also culture and you've got to, you know, you know these companies and what they're looking for, what they're going to do because you spend time with them. You're able to sort of tell them this is a spot that fits not just your needs, but also keep in mind culture. How important is culture? We've got about a minute. How important is culture on this? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and really, it's not just about finding if someone says they need 5,000 feet. Great. Here's 5,000 feet. Everything ties back into that culture. And when you've got a strong culture and a space that supports that culture, you're going to have a great chance at success. And different types of spaces, you know, if you're a, a tech company that wants more open collaborative space, you're not going to want space that's got all perimeter privates and interior cubicles. So you've got to make sure a lot of times the space can be built to your specifications. So it really doesn't matter where. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, where are your people, your team members who are really what's making it happen for your company? Where are they happy and excited about going to, to work every day? Building out the space, that can be done. You can take pretty much any space and make it look like anything you want, yeah. but that therein lies the key is making it look and feel in a way, in a manner that supports that culture that you're trying to drive in your company. Very cool. We'll hit on that uh, on the second half of the show, but we have to take another mandatory commercial time out here. I'm Scott Katoon. This is WGN Radio AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. Thank you for tuning in uh, on this kind of dreary Saturday. I just got back from Coronado Island in California, so I don't, this is not really doing it for me, Bill. I don't, I don't know how... <laughs> How uh, I don't know why I stay or why I come here and live here, but um, we've had a nice conversation so far talking about kind of real estate and, and what you do and culture and the need for, for companies.
reason. Uh, we're going to start sliding over to the second segment of the show, which is the startup showcase. We were just talking about it offline. Uh, you're going to get to live the experience uh, firsthand. It's your first time doing this. Uh, we're going to have a caller, Redima from uh, Boone VR. She is on the line right now. She's going to have three minutes to pitch her business. And then you can ask any questions you want of her business, her business model, whatever you want. Uh, you are an investor today. And you have the ability to invest in these companies uh, right now, as do all of you out there listening. You can simply go to republic.co and register, link your LinkedIn account, link your bank account, and boom, you can invest for as little as 10 bucks into a company. Bill, I know you can do this. So what I want to do is have Redima come in and give her pitch. We can ask whatever we need to ask. And we're going to decide if you know if, if either one of us or both of us or none of us are going to invest in this company today. Uh, and so without further ado, Redima, are you on the line? Yes, I am, Scott. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for taking the time to call in today. Of course. My pleasure. Uh, and just to give everyone kind of a quick uh, rundown, Redima also pitched at our Technori Showcase event uh, live on stage at Illinois Institute of Technology. Uh, what was that, the end of February that we did that, I believe? And, and she did an amazing job, so I have no doubt you're going to do an amazing job here. Uh, it's a fascinating space, the med tech area and VR in particular. If anyone saw, Navita just uh, had released this, this program that they did where a person drove through VR a car in real time, which was incredible, uh, to give you kind of an example of how things are going. Uh, and Bill is sitting here flashing his Kansas, Kansas shirt against someone from Nova. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. This is too funny. Uh, my apologies. It, it, anyway, we're back on track here. Um, so at any rate, you know, it, it's a, the space for VR and medical is just in, a crazy, crazy opportunity. So I'm excited to have you pitch again. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to give you three minutes, Redima, to pitch exactly what Boone VR is and why we should invest in it. Ready? Go. Ready. Absolutely. So I'm here because I grew up around doctors, physicians who had to fly all the way to Minneapolis or Las Vegas to learn how to use a new device or learn how to do a new medical procedure. But when they came back from the workshop, they had no way to retain the information. They resort to YouTube videos, which is not the realistic way to train on medical procedures. If you want to know how to, how to operate a microwave, yes, but... What about these complicated medical procedures that affect patient outcomes every single day? And that's a crazy issue out there in the med tech and medical world because there's no proper way to train for doctors once they come back from workshops. In other words, there's no proper on-site training. Um, and that's where virtual reality comes in because it's the one technology that makes you feel that you've been transported to the operating room realistically without actually physically traveling there. It's, it's telemedicine, it's teleportation. It's the ultimate form of telemedicine. It's nothing that two-dimensional videos can offer, the incredible sense of presence. That is what we're solving. We're using virtual reality and a sense of presence to solve the problem of a lack of proper remote training for doctors. And this affects 700 people every day. There are 700 deaths every day because of preventable medical errors. And what we do, our learning management system in virtual reality, will directly affect that number of 700. Our product is a cloud-based learning management system, which medical device companies use to deploy training, interactive training, training that gives them live feedback about what the physician is doing, what he's saying, what are his comments, what are his feedback, how is he training. This interactive 
live feedback-based learning management system in virtual reality is what Boon is. And it's game-changing because before, medical device companies were not getting live analytics and they had no way to realistically deploy immersive training and get live analytics. And the way the revenue model works is $595 per month for operating room. For every operating room in every hospital that the medical device company deploys, you know, they pay us $595 a month for using our cloud-based VR learning management system. And our team, our team is the CTO of our team. He built a learning management system from scratch for a major financial services company. So he's got that experience and he knows that LMSs in VR, AR are a step above LMSs on a normal desktop or mobile platforms. And then our chief medical advisor, Dr. Gen Dunnington, he's a top cardiothoracic surgeon who knows the value of remote realistic training. He's not been able to use certain devices or, or recommend certain devices to patients just because his staff have, have not been up to date on training. It affects everyone when training is not consistent. And then we have Vasant Kumar, who is a senior professional at Oracle, um, led large-scale software development as our technology advisor. And then we have Rajni, who is a former chief operating officer at Salesforce Second Products, who has seen the entire life cycles of cloud-based software, which is what Boone is. So with our team and this market opportunity, which is $1.4 billion, medical device companies spent $1.4 billion just on trying to train doctors via video. This is only video training, which is what VR will directly replace. Um, and we're here to raise funds from the public because we know that healthcare affects each one of us, whether it's a family, whether it's a friend, whether it's a colleague. And through Boone VR, through your investment in Boone VR, whatever you're doing, even if, even if you're a real estate agent, through your investment in Boone VR, you can directly affect patients across the world that are 232 million in the number right now. So I'm Radima, and this is Boone VR, and please go ahead to republic.com slash VR and put in your money to affect healthcare outcomes globally. Very cool. Redeem a great job as always. Uh, I want to ask you one of the big questions that I have on this is, <clears throat> is the is the value prop that you guys are going to be serving? I mean, I get the whole gist of, of how you help, you know, doctors, but is the value yeah. prop when I'm paying a monthly subscription rate for this to, to use the software and know that you guys are going to be continually updating the content so that I can, you know, practice on various different types of surgeries or do i need to like how how do i make sure that if i subscribe to this that i can use it for a multitude of of practice runs at different operations yeah that's a great question so the content creators are medical device company right so let's say a big medical device company introduces a new pacemaker and that's something that a lot of um, people in the cardiac space need to learn. And so the medical device company takes up the responsibility to make sure the content, their training modules are up to date, to make sure that the training modules cover different kinds of pacemaker procedures, you know, emergency pacemaker procedures, rare pacemaker procedures, normal pacemaker procedures. Pacemaker procedures are patients in different demographics, whether it's like and an elderly person is or a that, child. So then is that also uh, another monetization opportunity for you using... Uh, you know, sort of branded advertising in the in the VR content that you can have, you know, Siemens makes this product and therefore it's in the system. And so you can actually product place them a little bit and make a little more money on that. 
Yeah, we're thinking about that. Like advertising monetization is definitely on our platform and on our growth plan. But for now, it's to make sure that pure training experience is getting across to the doctors. Well, I'm just saying because I'm making an investment here. I want to make sure that I know, uh, you know, where the money's going. Bill, you've got one yeah, question. Yeah, so, you know, typically what I would ask is, you know, the track record of your team members. And you already addressed that in your initial three minutes. So thank you for that. It sounds like a very impressive team. Um, mm-hmm. When I'm considering an investment, what I want to know is who do you sell to? How do you get to them? And what is the cost per sale? Got it. So we sell to medical device companies. We're a B2B company, right? It's medical device companies that are buying the software to train the doctors using virtual reality. Because the way they train right now, they have to fly doctors to workshops all the time. And that's very expensive and not scalable. That's the first part of the question. How we get to them. If you look at our team, our investor as well, veteran advisor, Dr. Ikeno, he's advised about 200 medical device companies. So our sales pipeline and, and is is kind of secure because of its connection and because of its network. And also my network in the healthcare space, which is where we started from, the physicians that I know in my network obviously know a lot of medical device executives because these executives are dependent on the physicians to use their device. So we firstly organically use our network and connections to get to the right person in the medical device company, which is VP Global Training. Um, and the three major customers we have are all from our organic networks, and we're working with them diligently to make the product foolproof. And then we're going to go inorganically into medical conferences to get more customer acquisition. Very cool. Redeema, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we are going to take one more break here, and then Bill are going to come back and chat a little bit more about our thoughts after the pitch of Redeema, uh, Boone VR. If you guys want to invest, it's republic.co backslash Boone-VR. Uh, I recommend going and check it out and learn a lot more about the company. Redeema, thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. Of Have course. Fun, of course. We'll be back after the break. I'm Scott Katoon, Bill Hilmelstein here at WGN Radio, AM 720. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. We have come to the final quarter. It is 150. It's hard to believe time can go by so fast, isn't it, Bill? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, so we just heard from Redeema from Boone VR. Uh, your question at the end of it was a, was a really good question. I wish we had more time to let her talk through it. She gave the right answer, but I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about it because I think you and I are very uniquely suited to talk about this, this part of the question, which is the use of network. I hear it all the time. You use a network. I obviously build my whole thing around a network. But I think that one of the common misnomers, and you see it with every single pitch deck I've ever seen, they go through their list of, of their board members and their advisors and blah, 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 and their people. And they, they assume, and I'm not saying that, that she is assuming this, but founders assume that a network one connection away equals money. And it just doesn't. You've still got to create great value. You've still got to prove yourself. And in most cases, the contact of the network contact still pretty much means you're going to give me free services. Like, I will give you a shot because of my friend's connection to you, but you're going to give me this for free so that I don't lose for having given you the shot. Now, if it creates value for me, then I'll, I'll, I'll pay whatever you're asking. But I think there's an assumption that like there's going to be this monetary level up when, it, you know, for me, I, have, I had a great network coming into this business. It's much better now. But my network was huge. I went five years and two years, no money, like zero, zero dollars revenue, nothing, not a sponsor to be heard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's network doesn't mean money. So like, how, what, what are your thoughts on like that sort of? Yeah. I mean, answer? I think you raised a great point that yeah, networking is not just going out and making it rain with your business card. Yeah. Um, to me, it starts with the give. 
you've got to give first. And like what you just mentioned, it's value. Figure out how you can give value. Whether you're a commercial real estate broker where nobody needs commercial real estate but every five or 10 years, how am I going to give value in between those times so when there is a need for, for my services, they'll think of me. Same thing with uh, raising money uh, with a company. You've got to figure out how are you going to be able to provide value for others uh, so they'll be able to support you in the growth of your business, usually with an investment. I, I totally agree. And I want to say, like, I think that the VR for MedTech is a huge value. So like, I don't even question for one second what she does there. I actually, and this is, I don't want to put these two in the same ballpark because of things that have gone on, but you know, a lot of things have come out since uh, the outcome health issue with Rishi that have actually made it look like things weren't as bad as as was previously reported and that there were some mistakes made and there was some b- bad judgment, but that the, the concept still existed. I actually think that one of the strongest opportunities that she has, I know that she's selling her business straight to the, to the manufacturer of product because the product people need to display to doctors before they can use the tools. I, I get the contact there. I actually think there's a better opportunity getting directly into the hospitals and the educational research hospitals around the country first, and then getting and saying, listen, we make our money from the product manufacturers. They pay us to, to create this content, but we give it to you. And so that it removes her from being in this, well, why did you choose this versus that situation, but have the ability to get into more, more users faster, which I think is the biggest part. And I, I agree with you. That's, you know, the key is exposure, getting into as many hands as possible. It's, you know, and then in the future, you slap a, you know, subscription based model on it and, and charge for it. But I agree. I mean, that was my question was about, you know, how do you get this into people's hands? How do you do that? And, and I, I agree. It's possible that it was limiting by just going um, to the medical device manufacturers. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And it, I get it. Why? Of course, right? It's, it's an easier play in. But I, and I'll use an example of a company that is still in stealth mode in Chicago, but they're, they're like, it's, it's funny to say this. Chicago's t- tech community has developed enough now that there's a handful of companies that are unknown. They're not anywhere. You would never know the name of them uh, that are doing millions in revenue in stealth mode because they're, they know what, you know, repeat founders, they know what it takes to like really get it going. One of them is an IT company that has this exact same model. It's a different tool, uh, but I think it would be a perfect analogy for, for Redima. They create a platform that there are many businesses, their entire revenue model are built on charging for uh, in the IT space to kind of clean up uh, the misuse and to, to assess like, you know, all the different things you're going to need, broadband with, all this other stuff, all the, t- the actual technical tools and uh, anything that in the IT space that is a headache. Uh, normally, companies actually, like Spiceworks as an example, charge you to, to, to use a software that tells you what to use and when. This one gives it away for free, but what they get is all the data that says this person uses this system for this long, for this much time, for this. This person uses this for this, for this. So that when they go back to the drawing board after they've, they create you know, version 2.0, 3.0, they can go back and market their own product, which these people already are using for free happily and say, we're going to give you all this for free, but we know that you use these things. And so we know you're going to pay for it. That to me is a model that she could do. It takes a little longer. You got to raise a little more mm-hmm. money, but it keeps her out of the question mark game of like, who are you serving? I don't know. I, I guess I agree. It's a it's an interesting thing, and you're you're a perfect person to conversate on just because the network is so you know so big. You have to work so hard to to make sure that all of the people that you represent as a uh, as a as a broker for for tenant group uh, is that they know you're for them. 
and this is kind of that same thing. And we're in this marketplace world where you've just really got to know, you know, what side of the wall you're on. It goes back to instead of being a vendor, you're a partner. Yes. And and when you figure out how to partner with people, um, you're not selling anybody. You're of course they're going to work with you because you've partnered with them and in, in helping them attain their goals and objectives. And so, so true. So true. And, and to the to your point, uh, we actually, other than on the invoices, which I'm still working on, uh, we've removed the term sponsorship from all of our partners. It's all partnerships because uh, it's no longer good enough for me to just take your money and put like a logo on. Like, I need you to come here. I need you to bring value. Like, we'll have our sponsors hanging out in the room so that when the guests come on, they can talk to them and be like, hey, I need this or I need that. Uh, and so I, I think it's we're just seeing a big change in, in the, the way business is done, uh, starting off with we, with you. So I want to, as we close the show here, we're like a minute left. Uh, what What is the number one thing that you would say to anyone who is looking for space? And then, of course, follow this up by where they can go to get a hold of you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, most important objective in any negotiation is knowledge. And going to LoopNet, which is free, they purposely limit the amount of knowledge you're going to find on there. Someone like myself and my team members, I've negotiated almost a billion dollars worth of real estate transactions in my career. We're talking with 120 different buildings right now. So no one has their finger on the pulse of the market better than myself and my team members at Tenant Advisory Group. You can find us at www.tagcommercialbroker.com. Um, and you know, we're just always happy to have a conversation with anybody and, and try and add value in whatever ways that we can. LoopNet is another great example of just like this with Boone VR. It's a subscription plan that they give away to people to get the bare minimum and they find out you need more and they charge you for it. Exactly. I really hope that she goes and looks that over. Uh, Bill, last thing, would you put money in that one or would you, would you hold off? So the key to any investment is always, uh, invest what you aren't, can't, you know, what you can afford to lose. And so, yeah, I would pick that number and I would invest. All right, cool. I'm with you on that one. We will make our investment, uh, and we will make sure to share it with everyone out there listening. You can go to Facebook at Technori and you'll be able to see our investment there live. This has been a great show. Bill, thank you so much for taking time. Thank you for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. Of course. We'll take our break now.